AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. everyone, welcome to Intimate Knowledge. I'm Brooke Burke. I'm Megan King-Edmonds. And I'm Leila DeVille. And we are in Malibu. I'm so happy that you girls came over again. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Missed you. Let's do a little catch-up on our, our week. How are you guys? Girls. Ladies. Good. Friends. Gosh. I'm doing great. I just got back from Costa Rica. Ooh. You were there for two weeks? Mm-hmm. Nice. It was yummy. Did you have a great time? Were you with your husband? Yes. And my kids. My little jungle boys, as they've turned oh. out to be. Just sunshine and ocean, jungle and good food, good people, and lots of dance. Oh, that's good movement. Mm. Yes. It sounds healing. It was super healing. Was I it? Sh- yeah, I did a lot of um, partner dance, which I've never done before. And oh. I like looking at my, it was a, a workshop down there in Costa Rica and um, partner dance and fusion dance and learning technique and how to occupy your own body so then you can respond to another person. It was like so useful just being um, a novice, I guess, mm. in, in that world and like looking at my resistances to coming into partnership with a, a stranger essentially and how to listen to my own body and then respond to somebody else's body. So it was really, really It's cool. really personal, isn't it? When you're in that intimate space with someone and then movement is like, you learn so much about someone, not only their body language, but yeah. their fears, their ego, their their resistance, their connection. It's, it's really fascinating. I learned so much about myself and how much I try to anticipate somebody's needs. Mm. You're good at that, Leela. You're good at I that. I know there's a real gift in that, which I, I value and I know how much, how useful that is in my life. But it's not useful everywhere. Did you yeah. think their body language was def- was telling that telling you that story, mm. like what they needed or yeah, where I was trying they to make to them feel comfortable and that's what cool. they wanted to do, and I and mm. you transfer that into other areas of life, and that's not really me 
you know, living my authentic expression. If you transfer mm. that into sex, that's kind of essentially mm-hmm. like partner pleasing. Mm-hmm. So I get, yeah, I get all self-conscious like, when I dance with somebody like, I don't know, like a slow dance. I get self-conscious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. You're I had so, so much fun. I just so keep thinking of Cotillion, like seventh grade Cotillion. It, it's amazing. I love your vulnerability in that though. But but it's true. Like when I was on Dancing with the Stars, I learned so much about surrender and going through the exercise of dancing with a partner. Mm-hmm. And um, it was almost that moment with Derek and I where we, I basically, he's a pro, so they're used to that intimacy, and it's a very provocative profession. Mm-hmm. There was a moment where I had to just go, surrender my body is your body in this song mm-hmm. <laughs> in this wow. moment of dance maybe try that Megan because I, okay. I get what you're saying you're almost yeah. like watching somebody watching you rather than just right because I'm thinking like you said Leela like you're anticipating them mm-hmm. yeah and especially like if you're like a, in traditional roles where the the woman is mm-hmm. the follow mm-hmm. and the man is the lead and right. but if you switch that like playing in that realm was oh I could I could sign up for that mm-hmm. <laughs> well that sounds fun what are I you up to so this last week, I wrote a blog about, um, about a little bit about trauma, my, my trauma I've experienced and how I get through it. And so I get, and I wrote about how I get through it by doing emotional releases and the way I do that. So I, I, I literally went through the steps of, of how I do these emotional releases and it was very cathartic for me to write and it was difficult for me to write at the same time. And um, I've decided... I'm going to write a book about that, about Good trauma and the trauma I've experienced and how to come out on the other side. It's going to be really hard to write. How, what yeah. kind of emotional releases? Like, what do you do? So what I do and I talk about in my blog is um, I, I become my inner child first and I say out loud, I typically am outside with my palms up looking at the sky saying, um, I'm mad about this and that. I'm mad about uh, anything that that um, that my inner child would be upset about. So I'm mad that you know my dog got in the mud, or I'm mad that um, my son has so many therapy appointments, or you know everything, everything all over the map. And then after I'm my inner child, I go to a place of gratitude, and I say, you know, thank you for. Um, this beautiful home or, you know, thank you for these experiences that have shaped me into the person that I am. And I go through all of these little, these um, instances of, of gratitude. And then to, to, to finish it up, I put my intentions into the world of what I'm seeking in the future. So um, that was the one thing I didn't share in my blog, though, what my intentions are. I felt like that is the one thing I want to keep close to me. Yeah, but it okay. really helps me. Re- so by releasing that, I literally can get rid of pain in my body. Mm. Yeah. Literally. I believe in that awareness, stillness, you know, spending time with yourself to really learn and good for you for finding though a method to roll through that. Thanks. It's Um, been an evolution. I think that will help a lot of people. I hope so. It's so needed. I hope so. It's so needed. There's, there's so many ways of going about healing trauma and the more that we can talk about how we are healing our own trauma. I think, um, yeah, the better. Well, it's so easy to be angry, right? And yeah, and so I talk about that. Squish it down, exactly, or to you know compartmentalize it. Well, just bury it because it's too hard Mm -hmm. to sit. Exactly, it's so hard, and it's it's it takes so much energy to to work through. But I, 
I've made a conscious decision to refuse to be angry. And I think that's so important that. that we decide to be happy or we decide just to not be angry. And it doesn't mean that I don't have anger or don't have moments of anger. Mm-hmm. And, and that's okay. I'm a human. I'm a, I allow myself that grace. But I refuse to be angry. Period. Well, and it's easier mm-hmm. to bury it. You know, I, I mm. teach breath work and part of that process is the willingness and the courage to be still enough to sort of observe yourself from the perspective of your soul without judgment, but to be with yourself and your thoughts and your pain and your fears and your eat. Like it's really fascinating what happens and how many places inside our own body that we don't dare to look at. Mm. And when you get really still and you do exercises like what you're talking about, it's self discovery. Right. And it's, and it's not easy work. It's painful work. Right. Mm. It's really the path to living like a full life because so many of us are making decisions based on these traumas and fears that we have. And you shouldn't make fear-based decisions. That's not a place where we want to be. We want to make hope-based decisions. Mm -hmm. Heart-based decisions. I'm really happy to hear you say that because in the middle of what you're going through and all this change, um, it, it really shows that you're doing the work to heal and to have an open heart. I, it's funny, I, I just looked down because we're in my living room right now in Malibu and I'm looking down at my coffee table at these coasters that somebody made for me and I'm looking at my ex-husband. Ah! Did everybody hear that? My ex-husband. I'm looking at my ex-husband. Face, ex-husband? Face right, face right now with Brooke? your tea on it. Brooke, I'm bring us gonna, up to speed. I'm just going to move that over to, to the other side. It's my family coaster. But no, but you know what? It's sentimental. Like th- those things in my... Turn it up. Yeah, he still existed, right? Um, yeah, so, whoa, what a week for me. Um, strangely, on March 5th, it was my son's 12th birthday. And traditionally, Rain and Shia and David and my daughters, we have a family dinner <clears throat> on their birthdays. So it was March 5th. We're going to dinner. We walk into the restaurant in Santa Monica. I hadn't been online all day. And David says to me, he's like, wow, have you seen all the press? And I was like, oh, shit, what press? What's going down? And we're walking into a restaurant where we've been dining as a family forever. And everyone's looking at us like, "Uh, is that like real press? And I said, what press? And and he goes, well, look it up. So I, I type in my name. And it's like divorce, 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 pictures of us, like every picture, like people, like Daily Mail, like like not one or two or three. Like, like, and I'm just like, whoa, I don't want to do this right now. We're about to sit down for a family dinner. Oh, that's so violating. It, 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 it is. It's part of our fishbowl. But at the same time, I was like, here we sit as a family, mm-hmm. um, which is what I hope for you is mm-hmm. to get to the other side oh. as soon as physically and emotionally and spiritually possible. But to sit there... It was so surreal and so weird. And, and, I, and I actually couldn't deal with it. I just sort of like disconnected, put my phone away, got through my son's birthday dinner, went home. I don't even think I could deal with it that night. And then the next day I was like, wow, I am like really moving through and moving into this new space of like independence, um, officially being single. Like I haven't been single for like 20 years, 20 years. And I, and I, like, I had to like evaluate it and process it and find a place to put it. And I didn't know where to put it. I was just like, I don't know. Do I read this? Do I not read it? It was all the intimate details. I was like, God, it's such an invasion of privacy. Um, but I was thinking, I was actually processing it with a friend of mine and saying, God, it's, you know, different and slightly scary. And, I feel a little bit alone and my 
girlfriend was like, you know, it's not really much different than the way it was for so many years. You kind of handled a lot of things, and you're still doing it, and you're, the role that you had is not far away from where you are right now. And then I was like, I had this idea of marriage. Like, I didn't have an ideal marriage, but I had mm-hmm. this idea of a marriage that felt good and safe, and I liked being married, and I liked being someone's wife, and that role just like poof on March 5th. It was just like all of a sudden I'm not someone's wife anymore. Even though that was necessary. Right. And this is what you both wanted. Um, But it's about like moving into a different role, into a different space. Um, Learning how, you know, even last night I was laying in bed and I was thinking about having this conversation with you because we haven't had a chance to catch up. I was like, God, I'm laying here alone in this house and I have two children, two doors down that I'm fully responsible for. I have no one to share my decision-making process Mm -hmm. with anymore outside of the kids. Like, I have to, Mm -hmm. like, take care of this whole big thing Mm -hmm. now. Like, it's a completely different... um, I know, like Megan's looking like I know I, you feel me because yes. it's like. Well, I, I, I want to cry for you, but not like tears you, of but, sadness, but tears of transition, right? Yeah. Just the feeling of of the the intensity of what all of those things truly yeah. mean. Yeah, I lo- thank you for that. I I wanted to cry in a moment during that, you know, twenty four hour period, but I didn't feel sadness. I felt overwhelmed in the change, and I felt. Um, the pressure of having to be brave and to be strong, and yet I've been working and fighting so hard to be vulnerable simultaneously, which is such a contrast, you know? Mm. I'm very vulnerable in my life right now. My heart's open, like, emotionally raw. And yet it requires a tremendous amount of strength as a woman to, A, accept change, not beat yourself up about it, not drown in the guilt, to accept that it was time for change, own it, make a decision, and then kind of raise a family and raise yourself in a new space all Mm -hmm. by yourself like a big girl, right? It's a massive restructuring. <laughs> wow. I, I, I just want to like breathe for you, I, let I, it out. I, I know. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel um, it's a lot and it's overwhelming, but I also feel that it was so necessary. Um, and I know that David and I did everything that we could possibly do. And we needed to separate and we, we needed to divorce. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really different. Do you get scared? Um. I, hi, Amy, Amy, our producer. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I'd like to avoid that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. And I'm not really a scaredy cat kind of a person. I feel scared about what happens now and what does this look like? And how did I end up here? Even though I could tell you all the million reasons why I'm in this situation. And I'm not, a, a, fear doesn't really bother me. It kind of makes me look at things. Um, What's scary is the partnership with uncertainty for me because I was the first one I always wanted to know what was happening and I'm a planner and I like everything a certain way and, you know, a little bit of OCD, a little bit of control. And now I have to sort of um, kind of like bask in the freedom of uncertainty and go, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I, I don't know what happens next. I don't know if I'll ever get married again. What I do know is that I'll love again. That scares the shit out of me. But Brooke, that's scary. Brooke, don't you think, oh, I'm hoping, so I'm hearing that you're, you're in a period of change and uncertainty, and here I am going through mm-hmm. a divorce, mm-hmm. and with so much uncertainty, 
I'm hoping that once I, the divorce is finalized, that there will be more certainty. And you're saying there's not. And I'm like, um, no. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I wrong this answer. I'm so happy that you, you mentioned that because listen to what a mind fuck this is. A fabulous, incredible therapist who was very some, some significant in my life said, there's no certainty in beautiful things in life. Like you have to, straight up, she said, partner up with uncertainty. She said, comedy, it's unexpected. Love, it's spontaneous. Life, it's, what, what, what is certain? I mean, hopefully the sun's going to come up tomorrow, but uncertainty, I was like you. I was like, oh my gosh, like, whoa, like what, hap- what does this all look like now for me? There is such freedom um, in surrendering and giving up control like I'll give, okay let me back up for a second so I'm you know that I have a new partner and I'm in a new relationship and it's been a process and it's a weird conversation to have right now because it's not like I got divorced and then just boom I ran out and fell in love because I can't be alone no that's not what happened everyone <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> um just to get real um but I really wanted to love again and wanted to have an open heart and wanted to take all of the lessons and the challenges and I wanted to grow as a woman. I spent a period of time on my own, which was really hard and scary and sad and cried myself to sleep many, many nights, but I made myself go through it. I made myself stay open to dating. I made myself stay open to being alone. I made myself commit to my children. Um, In the redesigning of my life, I went through a whole variety of different things And then accidentally, I met someone amazing, and I wasn't ready for it. And I was fragile as a woman could be, just because of the reality of, I was all in in my marriage, like I was, Mm -hmm. I wanted forever, right? And so that goes back to certainty. I believed in forever, I would have bet my life that I would never get divorced. I was in it till our dying day. And I didn't get to decide that. You know, and we both participated in that. And I never blame him. I never feel like a victim. It is what it is. Maybe I chose wrong. I I don't even know. Um, But coming out on the other side of that, I wanted to stay open to having a partner or whatever without having to define that with labels and... um, I was just, I, you know, it was like, definitely, yeah. Am I, am I express? It's so difficult to put words to all this. Is this, am I making sense? You, I, I think so. I think, I think just the absence of clarity is kind of the topic here, right? The, the clear, well, maybe not that, maybe no, like no, I, finding I right. or, fi- or finding clarity through, through the, the noise, I guess, or something, you know, because w- what I keep hearing you say, Brooke, is you know, kind of what you had in your mind and you had envisioned, well, that's not the path that this is going down. And that's confusing. So maybe that part is the noise, but you're finding clarity within the noise. You're finding your new norm and it's disappointing and thriving and loving. Yeah. And it's deeply, deeply disappointing and deeply painful. So it's not just like, Oh, I got through it. Oh, cheers to my divorce. Woohoo. No, I don't know. I was sad. I was like, it feels sad but necessary and it feels okay. And the only thing that I know for certain is that I will love so deeply again that I could have my heart shattered into a thousand pieces. And some of my friends go, are you bananas? Like what the, what I go, no, listen, I'm either not reckless, but I'm either going to all in and take that chance to see what it feels like. I don't know what it looks mm. like a year from now, but I know what it feels like to love really deeply. Yeah. And that is worth um, whatever comes along with that. 
Amen. That is the greatest uh, piece I think you could take from this. And like when you really look at relationship and the purpose of relationship and like what was your intention for your relationship, I mean, I'd love to hear like because there's a I can hear a the intention of, of my my previous marriage or, what, or my just or, in general what do you feel um, is the purpose of relationship I, I go back to what you said in some of our early episodes and it, it came from our first meeting and I can't even tell you how many people I've shared it with I want to choose a partner that allows me to go places that I can't go on my own it's not to completely complete me it's not to make me whole it's not to support me although I do love emotional support it's not to raise my kids. It's not to move in. It's not to like build this life again together. It's to share moments and to laugh and to grow and to be challenged mm-hmm. and to really show up for him, for myself, and to know that somebody's, we talked about it before, hearing, listening, showing up. Like, what the hell does that mean? We don't show up for ourselves half the time. I want to show up for somebody and I want somebody to be there for me at moments where their, you know, growth is possible. You, def- you said that so beautifully. You, I'm going to quote you because we have to like we have to post this. <laughs> Listen up, everyone. Be with somebody that allows you to go places that you can't go on your own, for whatever period of time that is. And um, you know, I don't take raising a family, and you know, I, I was committed to that. I'm not just like floating through it, like oh, if it works out, it does it. No, like I, I was, I wanted forever, but I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And now well, here yeah, I it am. It doesn't look like that. Yeah, I mean, the way that you thought it would. Yeah. yeah. But when I see you sitting here, I can see you have gone through this massive journey that you probably wouldn't have got to get to on your own. 100%. Mm, right. And the courage that it takes to stay open. Like, what is mm. the alternative mm-hmm. to loving? And being, to being, being shallow, loved. being casual. Yeah. Being, being casual. To not and feeling. To not, not feeling hurting, connected. Being indifferent. Right, yeah. living in a gray space. Hell no. Oh, hell no. And and let me tell you, it, it is really, really hard to be willing to hurt. And it is really, really hard to take your ego out of love and just love and, and just take a chance. Um, that sounds like a crazy idea for a lot of people. So like when Amy asks me if I'm scared, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of a new relationship. I'm scared of maybe it not working out. I'm scared of it working out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... Um, and, you know, I'm grateful for all the things, good and bad, that kind of led me to this space. And I'm also grateful for David. Like, I have two beautiful children. Um, I don't know what soulmate means anymore, but he was the love of my life since I was 21 years old. I'm so happy that I spent a, most of my growing years with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that we didn't get to finish our lives together, but... I don't think we were meant to be together. I don't think that determines mm-hmm. the success of a you relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so, you are together forever. Is yeah. that really what we're like? That's the benchmark? I, was, I don't see it that, that way. Mean, right? I was just talking about relationships with my brother and how, and Brooke, I was kind of going down a similar kind of path with, with my brother about saying, you know, this is what I thought I wanted and this is what I do want and this is not what I got. And we, we said, you know, maybe... We think in a hundred years, the whole definition of a relationship and will be completely redefined as far as monogamy and as far as um, like the spectrum of sexuality, sexual orientation, um, and the hierarchy of relationship, whether mm, you're in one or not, yes. or whether you're divorced or not. It's because like we, still- I mean, the the marriage is something that we that our government 
makes official, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we really boil it down, our Mm -hmm. government gives us a piece of paper and then we get some extra tax cuts. Okay. So like, (laughs) I mean, why are visas in my case? (laughs) There you go. Yeah, there you go. So why do, why do we aspire for this piece of paper so badly? It's silly when we think about it. Why can't we just love to love? And why do we have to put all of these massive expectations on children and being together forever? And we do because we want to be, have what our grandparents had and our great grandparents and everybody before us. It's a nuclear family, right? Totally. It's tradition. And I I love it. And it's great for all of those reasons, but why can't we evolve and still have that nuclear family? Brooke, you just went to dinner with yeah. as a family and you guys are officially divorced thank so you. you can I, still make it happen I, I thank you and we do have a relationship it just looks different different form yes yeah. and you know I'll take that and we're still a family it just looks different we just live in two different places and let's be honest it, it looked different before you are you, it, it wasn't you work in Hollywood <laughs> like you but you work in Hollywood I mean this is not a typical like Listen, and I hate that because it's because it's so cheeky but you know it's true I I when we think about certainty and and the freedom of surrender a few things that I'm committed to one is happiness and I get to decide what that what that looks like. And I get to choose that, right? So happiness. And I'm also committed to raising my children in a safe, respectful, peaceful environment. Because it's hard enough raising kids, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Amen. ups and downs and it's chaotic. And we all know we are only as happy as our most unhappy child. I, I love that mm. quote. Yes. But um, life is happening and it's fucking hard. So I'm committed to creating a safe space where we all come to and here where we sit right now in this place, like this is my safe haven and it's a place of love and happiness. Mm -hmm. And, um, not to say that there aren't days I don't curl up in a ball and, you know, in my bed, but, um, those are think choices that I get to make how, and I get to decide, you know, the world is your oyster. <sighs> so yeah. So I'm single. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> but I do want to say, I do want to say, um, I'm in this amazing relationship and it feels so different. And I posted something the other day that said the right kind of love is easy. And I thought, God, I'm going to get so much shit mm-hmm. about that because nothing is easy. And that's not what I meant. Did you? And, and Leela, I, 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 you're much better than I am. I don't always read. You don't read. Comments. I know. You never even read my messages. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> call me. Call me. I'm like a, I'm like a voice person. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to be better about that. Mm. But I, I, um, what I meant was, and Leela, maybe you can speak to this. I was talking about flow. Like when there's a rhythm, when there's a flow, like mm-hmm. in friendships, like you don't hang out with a girlfriend that's just like racking your boat all the time. I'm not talking about constructive criticism but some of that just just feels shitty and it doesn't feel like there's a flow I think now in my late 40s as a woman having you know been through two marriages I want a flow that like makes sense and a rhythm and something that I use the word easy but don't dissect that something that like this is a relationship. Like we laugh. It's easy. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's I think you can creative. say easy. That's okay. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I would say loving my partner is, is easy. Okay. Oh, yeah. If Leela says it's okay, yeah. but it's okay. Okay, we're good. Because <laughs> clearly, I'm no expert. Yeah. expert has <laughs> that's not to say I don't get frustrated. But underneath the frustration, there is this deep love and this desire yeah. to be generous. Yes, with this person and to yeah. allow this person to have their fullest experience, even though it might impact me and hurt me it's just like I just want 
the absolute yeah. best and that is really easy i don't have I to love work that. at that there are other things that we need to work out like communication sure. like deepening intimacy you know things yeah. in our busy lives mm-hmm. that don't come that and easy think, but the loving the part love. it's just like oh yes there's hope ladies thank you for validating me um and i want to just say think about how much energy now you get to expend and spend you get to spend on other things because you're not wasting it on fixing a toxic environment mm-hmm. this conversation right? feels so hopeful I love it. Thank you. It, may, I, it I wanna, feels light and like, but it's not. It's deep, but it feels good. It feels I want to give like you one more, one more thing to do, Megan, because I just, I know, I know we're like a little bit off topic. We do have an agenda, everyone, but it's important that you get to know us and that we get to connect. And I was just thinking about this. So I moved back into the house that we're sitting in right now mm-hmm. after the fire. And, um, as I'm, we're installing all the furniture and old things in my life are coming back in and I have this giant mirror. I'm going to take you up there and show it to you later. I'll I'll post a picture on social media. I have this giant mirror in my bedroom, not just for sexy reasons, but it's actually a working mirror. (laughs) Is it on the ceiling? (laughs) It it, is. No, no, but but maybe maybe you will. I'm redesigning my room. I would love your opinion. I like it more on the side than on the ceiling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a way better view. Different strokes. Right. I think Uh so. But I don't know. I don't know. The ceiling mirror is kind of weird. But so anyway. 70s. Oh, well, we'll go up there. Okay. We'll we'll check it out. You girls can chime in. So I, it's called my self-reflection mirror. And what I did during my transition of separation and growth and my own self-awareness, like I dove really deep into my own self-awareness. I got a Sharpie and I wrote a blog about this too, so we can share it. I want you to do this, Megan. I want everybody to try to do this. It's so important. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I got my mirror back and it still had notes from two years ago. And I was like, holy shit. And they were still relevant. But so here's what you do. You get a Sharpie. Mm -hmm. You can do it on your vanity mirror. You can do it on your bathroom mirror. It doesn't have to be head to toe. And you write down your aha moments, your thoughts, your quotes, your things, your, your one liners, the stuff you need to work on something you read that really struck you. Like I was in yoga this morning and I heard this beautiful one liner about just moving and breathing into new spaces and whatever it is that's calling to you, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you need to work. They're like one liners. So instead of looking at yourself in the mirror, your, your self-reflection is the work that you need to do at that time in your life. Brooke, I put this exact thing in my last blog. See how connected we are? Okay, <laughs> yes. We, are, we need to marry our blogs because I, I posted this too as an exercise and I did a whole female transformation retreat on this topic. And it's a constant reminder. You get up, you look at it because we forget, right? We forget. One of the words that I wrote down, because I got the mirror back now. I have to show it to you girls. And I was like, and my, my boyfriend's actually laying in bed and he's looking at it and he's like, whoa. I'm like, I know. The whole process. He's like, that was last year. He's like, you're you're real fucked up. But actually, there were so many important, seriously, he can say that. There were so many important, beautiful things that still resonate with me today. And one of the words on there was inquiry. He was like, tell me about inquiry. So there's there's this amazing book. We talked about it before called Loving What Is. Um, And it's incredible. It's incredible. And it's about being really clear and being really present with what's really happening in comparison to the story in our mind and certain questions that we need to ask ourselves as we grow as women with a partner alone, whatever. But anyway, the mirror, I get it back and I see all these things about like, Mm. you know, I I have to, just incredible, incredible one-liners. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great, great, great growing exercise. Mm. Reminders. And you know what? A mirror is so metaphorical. 
just looking into yourself inside yourself and, and finding that anger that you're trying to pack away or finding that, um, you know, all those insecurities. When you look in the mirror, you, you might not like what's reflected back at you, but you got to do it in order to work through everything. And that's the only way to release all of that. So I think a mirror is so important Mm -hmm. in what it symbolizes and with those kind of affirmation, affirmations written on there, you're going to remind yourself that no, you, you are these things or you will become these things, but you got to work through everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the words that was on there and then we can move on was hover. And there was a beautiful show that I watched and I don't know everybody has different religious beliefs, but sometimes in fear, you know, when you're trying to be courageous, you need a feeling that like someone or something's kind of hovering over you for safety and, and, and it made me feel a little bit more protected. So all these little things came up and I was like, God, I've come a long way. Mm. So yeah, self-reflection mirror, do it, do it, do it. Solidarity, Brooke. Love you. Thank you. Love you too. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, it's important. It's all real. It's all transparent here. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, 
further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hi, it's Brooke. Hi, Brooke. And I'm Leela. We're just giving you a sound of our voices so you know who's speaking to you. So we just talked mm-hmm. to Amy and she was kind of giving us a little bit of a rundown um, about what um, kind of like your history and um, it, basically you have a lot of layers. So we're so happy that you're here with us. I don't think I realized how many layers there were until I started talking with Amy to oh, tell you the well, truth. And also this we want to tell you just right out the gate that you're not alone. I, I this, this, mm-hmm. this is I, this has been coming up quite a lot in my life as well, not personally but with some of my girlfriends so um thank you for being brave enough to discuss something so intimate with all of our listeners no not my pleasure i actually really i've enjoyed just the many conversations i've had with amy already and it's really quite a subject when you dig into it it's something i don't think that we probably give enough time to sometimes you talk a little bit one-on-one with a girlfriend but i think there's some shame in some of this that prevents us from really talking about it that's what intimate knowledge is here for yeah it's that permission piece Mm -hmm. to um and there are so many women out there and i've said this before on the podcast that uh, are suffering from things they're not willing to talk about um and so we just really want to hear from you what's what's going on in your sex life where are you and and um give us a little bit of history well, we've been together for over 20 years. Um, it was, I would say, fairly normal in the in the early days. Um, I had had a few um, serious relationships, so it wasn't, you know, anything like I, I, I'd, I'd had some fun. So I wasn't stranger to fun, and I knew that um, what I, what my limits were, but I definitely was open and free and, um, in some of the discussions I've had with Amy, I started to think that I was probably more free when I didn't know the person as well as I know them. Mm -hmm. So I think that when I get deeper into a relationship, there's an embarrassment that comes along with it that I don't know where that comes from because, you know, the next morning after this, some dirty stuff has happened. I'm kind of a little embarrassed and that's, that's such an interesting thing to feel given that I would do that with Well, I would do that with a stranger and not be embarrassed. Well, you can run from them. I I totally get that. Yeah. And when you care about a person, there's this, um, like, how willing are you to be seen? And we talk about intimacy here, of course, a lot. And it's being seen and being known. And so when we get into relationship and we kind of open ourselves up that little bit to be seen, like comes along with it all the fears mm. of what that means and what they're going to how they're going to judge us or criticize us and or in sex it's like oh like is he going to be or he or she going to be put off by what I'm yeah. into or that I get off on that or yeah. you know there's lots of shame I, I totally that. get that I want to just lighten it up for a second because my partner and I exactly what you said like we'll wake up in the morning and he'll want to discuss something and, and it's kind of become this cute joke and I go ah, 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 ah. This, that is not a morning conversation. That's we are not night, yes. talking yes. about that. 
in the morning and he'll be like what am I I'm like no no it's that too is, bright outside that is off we're the table about that right now. the sun is up you can talk to me about that tonight after a cocktail we're not talking yeah. about that right now that's not morning time I know. oh my gosh I love that <laughs> so I feel you so yeah so that this is not sober bright morning conversation yeah. okay Absolutely. good Good. I'm with with you. I know a lot of women who don't speak about it, like don't give the rundown at all. They can only speak about sex via text um, and not face to face because they're they're picking up too much from their response and they're just like, yeah, just. Well, it's the lady horror philosophy, right? A horror in the bedroom and a lady. Yeah. I mean, you want a lady in the, you know, what? Yeah. Does anybody know the actual It's like a lady. Yeah, you want a whore in the bedroom the and a bedroom lady and at home. Yeah. A freak in the bed and a lady on the street, isn't it? The a freak in the come sheets. come out at night. A freak in the sheets. Freak freak in the sheets. Freak we have a theme yeah. song. <laughs> there we go. We pieced it together. It worked. Okay. So keep okay, going. So, yeah, keep, keep, <laughs> let's, let's keep going. Okay, so um, I think just naturally over the years, things become a little less freakish. And um, what happened to my husband and I is when we started to try to have a family it just didn't work <laughs> it's just uh, to put it mildly. So we really struggled with that. And a, lo- a big part of it was all of our friends close to us were all having babies and the second baby and we just weren't getting pregnant. And I was really, really private. I did not want people to, I was, in, I, I put it off and pretend that we weren't even trying yet. And so I had, I had shame there and pride. And then we moved away actually because he went to business school and I thought, great, we'll just do this on my own. I felt like maybe it was, there was too much pressure and it still didn't work. And all of my new crew of people were all having babies. I, w- I was resentful of sex because it didn't work for the things that I needed it to work for before. It was just mm-hmm. fun. And mm-hmm. then it became timed and, you know, robotic. So then I was angry about it. It, it, it kind of sucked actually. I didn't enjoy it at all. And we, you know, even though he loves having sex, he would do it five days a week if he could, but he even didn't like it. So we were both just in a position where we just kept having to do this over and over every single month. And it went on for three years. Like sort of sex with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let, exactly. Let, let, let ask her that again. I, yeah, I, I, I think was, you actually didn't hear it, but that's a great question. I was asking, how did you feel in your body or with your body going through that process and, well, I was okay until I had to start taking the fertility medication. And that changes you mentally and physically. Yes, it does. I've and been then, there. Yeah. So then that, that really did change everything. And then our, everything changed. Our relationship with our friends, our relationship with each other. I've never really, I actually was always, always planning to write a book about what we went through because there's some really fun, wonderful moments. And then there was some just horrible, deep, dark corners. And it, it, it changed me completely. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if it's for the better or not, but I am a much different, much more empathetic person. Mm -hmm. And it just changed me so much. And I think that he's exactly the same person. Mm -hmm. You know, it bummed him out here and there, but. Do we all agree that resentment will kill your sex drive? Your sex, I mean, resentment, I mean, unless you're taking a turn and it's darker and it's for purely primal reasons, but resentment will take you right out of the. It's sensual space. It kills relationships. Yeah. Well, so then did did you stop having sex then? Well, no. I mean, he's very, he can detach very easily. So even from a miscarriage or even from the fact that sex was being used as a purpose, in between the stages where I was ovulating, he was still game and ready. He he, he harbored no resentment towards sex. He he loves it. I mean, I, I used to joke a lot about him like he's 
every time is like his first time. He's like a teenage boy that way. Like he really, really wants to have sex a lot. So there's, there's you know, so I think that was part of it. The hunger from him turned me off. Perfect. You know, but, honestly, did you ever have a baby? I have three. Yeah, Hi. I did. Yeah. So did that, did that change things after that? Uh, well, you know, so I was saying even my in-laws were sort of like, oh, great, you had a baby, everything's fine now. Like, so just put it all behind you. And they, that family, this is like, you know, this is a whole other conversation about marriage and two people coming together with different ideals that his whole family is able to just be like, oh, everything's fine now. But it just, I was, you know, still wounded. They didn't go through what you went through. Right. But okay, so where are we now? Well, so then, okay, so my first one was in vitro because we just could not make it happen. And then I had to naturally, which was great. And then everything did kind of just settle down again. And I remember the first time I got my period after my third child and we knew we weren't going to have any more. I remember just feeling such an incredible sense of relief that the period didn't mean the end of the world again. And it was just like, all it was, was just my period now. Mm -hmm. And so then everything kind of, it resumed, but then you throw three kids in the mix. There's a baby up all night. There's like this intimacy where, you know, now I'm chubby and pudgy everywhere and don't want them looking at me and they're nursing on me all day. And then I've got to do that at night. So how old are your those kids? Uh, well, they're 13, 12 and eight now. Mm -hmm. So not nursing anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So, okay. so, no, yeah, no, 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 yes, the eight-year-old is, that's a whole other podcast. No, oh, okay, no, okay, no, no, okay. No, 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 I'm joking, I'm joking. Got it, got it, got it. All right, we, uh, we, there's no judgment here, just kind of listen. You can't really shock us. Um, yeah. So, so oh, were you, were you resentful because sex had a purpose and it wasn't successful in the beginning and it became a negative emotion, like after you, had your children did that shift were you able to make love again and enjoy it I can't I just I think that what it became was it wasn't making love anymore it was it was just sex and that's where there was a, there was a you know in the infertility in the reproductive years it became it beca has become just sex and it but and I'm, I'm sad about it because and I've said that but he you know he wants he likes not really super dirty, but like, you know, he likes oral sex and he likes things that. And how do you feel about without. oral well, sex? And I feel like I could live without it. I don't know yeah. if that's the real truth or if it's me just exhausted and think. Some of it's like this weird thing about him when he wants, he would go down every day. Just did, plain did you use, did you used to enjoy oral sex? Yes. Yes. Mm, did you much. have orgasms but, from oral sex? Yes. With him? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yep. Definitely. Yep. It sounds. It sounds like you've been through this huge journey, and along that journey, your dynamic with your partner has shifted, which is really, really natural for it to shift. Um, and it sounds like now there's this desire to have that deepened intimacy and romance and connection, which a lot of the time when we're parents goes away. That and that attraction and that fire for somebody um and so i'm wondering i'm just wondering i don't want to put words into your mouth what is it that you're desiring now from where you are and what you've experienced like what do you want with your partner and what do you want for yourself um would 
well, I, I, you know, it's just a funny thing. I would just like him to hold me and make love to me and, and really, and, and I, for some reason I want to say the words and mean it where it's not just a, a release as for an orgasm. It's really just a, a closeness between us. And I sold, hold him that in so many words. But good that but she's saying I want him to make love to me because I was going to ask your opinion, Leela, if how much of a role hormones play in this because we've all rolled through the stages where we don't have sexual desire just because of life and mother nature and our reproductive years. I, I think I've been there as well. Some of it's emotional, some of it's struggle in a relationship, but a lot of it is just mother nature as a woman. But hearing her say that she would like to be held and like to be made love to tenderly and not getting that from your partner, I, I, I could see that being a real problem. When I when I coach a lot of, um, these days, a lot of mothers and um, that basically because of the stage of life that I'm at, I guess. But also what I have realized is, and hearing your journey, is that you've just gone through this massive maturation process, like a maturing. And what I find with a lot of new mums and even mums who have, you know, have 12-year-olds, that they realise um, that the sex that they were having before, they realised they were really partner-pleasing in that sex and that the sex that they desire now is isn't that and that their their sex before really reflected their partner at the time rather than their own deep desires and so what I'm hearing from from you is that you desire intimacy you desire to be made love to um, but you don't necessarily want it the way that it was before and yeah I mean I yeah sorry yep continue yeah and I can hear that you don't feel met by your partner and they're they sounds like there is some resentment towards the process in which you became pregnant and there's some trust that you have, um, some trust has has left the relationship and maybe the trust with your own self has left. And so I'm... I, it, go ahead. Yeah, yes, that. And there's also a piece of it that on top of that, there's a bit of a... Um, there's a, a general resentment because my husband is a workaholic and he's not around a lot. So it's kind of me and the kids Yeah. on. And, and so then he comes home late. I'm scrambling. I'm exhausted. You know, back in the days when I still was bathing them and stuff like that. The very last thing in the world I wanted was to then partner please, which is a great expression because I definitely was doing that. Like mm -hmm. a lot of things I do generally still do because I know it makes him happy. Yeah. But then I'm sort of left empty and, and that's kind of, but I, it's, I don't I, know that he's really going to hear me on that. Yeah, what did two I, people do, Leela, in that situation where one, you know, we're all entitled to want something different and to change and to grow or to evolve, maybe that's a better word, but maybe the partner isn't evolving in the same way. So what is the communication or the dialogue to get to be heard? Like it's a different language with a man, right? I mean, he may very well be resentful that sex has changed and he's not getting what he used to love getting before. Right. So yeah. what do, oh. Well, what I know of, of men is that they really deeply desire your pleasure. Um, they want to be the provider of that. They want to create the space for that. And a lot of the times they think they know what that is. And so they you're, just, you're absolutely they right just there. roll yes. out the yes. default response yes. that's worked with other women, what's worked with you in the past, and it's not necessarily yes. coming from a connected place, which is what you're desiring. Um, and so, and 
it's about getting on the same page, right? Because a lot of the time we think we're in opposition to each other, like, oh, he just wants this and then I want this and it does, we're not meeting. But the thing is, there's probably a lot of comp- like, um, there's a lot that you do have in common. He wants your pleasure. You want your own pleasure. You want him to be in pleasure. He wants to be in pleasure. So it's about getting on the same page and saying, I deeply want to desire to desire sex with you. And this is a way that I think that that could happen. And so it's about saying, yes, I want sex, but I need to, like I, I use this analogy a lot with men in particular. It's like, you know, when you get like in a, like um, a ditch with your car, right? And you're just in that ditch and you can't move forward. What you have to do is you have to back the car out and then go forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. So oh. if you use that analogy, <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's like, yes, we both want to get out of the ditch. We want to go in that direction. This is what I see for our sex life. This is what I desire. I want you. I want you to be the person that I'm doing it with. This is how I think it could happen. It's going to look like we're going backwards for a while. Could you have that conversation with him, Jessica? I, yeah, I think so. I think I have tried. And I was, I was going to interject a minute ago and say, in his defense, which I can't believe I'm doing, that I think I've got to this new place of wanting more intimacy that he's not there and doesn't didn't really it was kind of maybe a blind side to him like after the infertility I mean my oldest is 13 and what didn't happen two years ago it's it's quite a while now and and we did recover but because of you know it it's just it's just been a the trenches since and I need someone to hold me and tell me you're doing a great job and you want a partner and it's about like having that intention together like what is our relationship for like we, we speak about that a lot on the podcast. Like what is the relationship for? What is the purpose of it? What do we want to be experiencing? What do we want to be sharing with our kids as an example of what an intimate relationship is? Like all of yeah. that. And like, and if the priority is still, you know, work, 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 and you get the leftovers, then you're going to see the results of that relationship of, you know, you're going to see the results of that within your relationship. Now, if the relationship, if you put that first and then everything else ripples out from that, then, yeah, that's where I think maybe that's the conversation that needs to be had, that you want to have a vital, romantic, loving relationship ongoing and how can we create that and breaking it down it's like well you know this is what I need to make that happen and this is what I need from you and this is what I can let go of and this is what you know and really getting on and I I think it's worth noting too Jessica you know you talked about your infertility treatments and kind of how that changed your view on on sex and and making it more of like a clinical experience instead of a sensual experience more or less and I'm a I'm an IVF mama myself times three and I'm I'm was very vocal within that community when I was going through it, and it sounds like it was more of a private experience that you went through, which can be extremely isolating, I would imagine. And because I was so vocal, I heard stories like yours all the time about how sex changed because it turned into this baby making thing and not into this like intimate loving partnership and so it sounds like you've really gotten past that though and as much work as that had to have taken and so now we're in a different spot well I just think like I I'm I'm, you know this is the great thing about therapy things are coming up in my head as we're discussing this maybe he was never going to be a really really like you know shed your layer and and really see him like we're very close I mean we've been together as like this 
as long as I can remember. And, and, you know, he's my best friend in the whole world. He's everything, but there are, he's just maybe not capable of being that vulnerable and saying, I love you more than anything. I know that he does, but that's learning. I think learning is so possible. It's 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 a style and finding the right words to be able to really reach someone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's absolutely a skill that you learn and not something that is necessarily inherent. (laughs) Leela, what also, if I, if I may, just a question, what about the possibility of couples, certain individuals in a partnership that just might not like oral sex or desire it or you know their desires have just changed and and, and I would I, I would mean, I would see the danger change. in human connection like that would be concerning if you just don't want to physically connect with your partner but some people are just not into that I mean Jessica used to you used to enjoy it and now you don't so but I know some people like I have a girlfriend who just doesn't want or to receive oral sex and I'm like wait what 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 do you what do you mean like not at all and she's just it's not her thing with her partner like he's never gone down on her did she ever like it I I mean she's never said never but I asked her that and she said we've never done that I'm like what do you mean and she said, I, just, <laughs> I don't no, understand. I, I didn't, under, I, I didn't just, understand because we were having a very intimate conversation about confidence and body confidence and, genital you know, shame. being in, yeah, mm-hmm. genital shame, being in certain positions and finding your confidence as a woman. And what does your partner think? And, you know, she was like, I don't know. We've never done that. <gasps> How, oh my God. I can't even imagine. Never, ever. <laughs> that, okay. So that I was mean, that, that was my reaction. And then we came across another woman also, yeah, Megan, who yeah. has never given her boyfriend a blowjob. And, and she has, never. this is a friend of mine, and she has given blowjobs, but she has never to given him. her boyfriend, her current boyfriend, Oh my a God, blowjob. the poor guy. Yeah, that's like, what I said. Me? And I said, well, how long has he been your boyfriend? And she was like, well, for eight months. And I, and then I thought maybe there was some trauma or maybe something that was none of my business or, you know everybody's free to enjoy what they want to but I I asked her that I said well eight months like you mean like never never like never ever ever (laughs) never ever what are we we talking about here yeah yeah my girlfriend has been with her boyfriend for two years and never a blowjob and I can imagine he probably wouldn't say no to one oh god (laughs) you know throwing out there guy I feel I feel bad for him I think I might blow him just 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 make her oh you're so gratuitous it definitely doesn't surprise (laughs) she's got spirit I listen I have there's hope for Jessica come on let's like but but what what I mean is it a power struggle I wonder with my friend if it's a power struggle is it Jessica is it with you have you thought about that no no it's it's you know what it is okay this this is also gonna be it sound a little crazy but I'm neat freak. I'm tidy. I'm a Virgo. Everything needs to be in place. But there, there's a lot of sperm and there's a lot of fluids and liquids and everything's a mess. I am too and, and I'm a Virgo and I don't mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I have really expensive sheets that I don't even uh, want dirty feet in, okay? <laughs> but sperm? Sperm. Sperm is welcome. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I think, I, I don't know. Now, now, like if, for me, for me, at the end of a long day to make my bed with my good sheets and everything's clean and then there's sperm all over them. I'm like, really? Is that really happening? Well, you two could be less wasteful with, with the bodily fluids, right, Leela? Yeah. You know what? You know what? I have to tell you this. This is actually good, good progress. 
we just had the most passionate time in the shower the other day mm. and we've, so we've stuff's happening this is Yay. This is but well. we but we'd been in the shower like years ago but you know now with the kids and stuff like that but anyways i was like wow there was a lot there was everything there was oral there was everything and this i was like is, there's no mess there was right, no mess, mess. So and i was like wait okay, a minute so- but that's legit. That could be a little, slight little adjustment. You so know, she else- felt really clean. Yeah. So I, I was yeah. really wondering about your perceptions around like your odor and your appearance and whether yes. you're tidy or dirty or whatever and how that, oh my God. how you, open that I you feel to connecting when you, you know, at the end of the day I, versus being in the shower. And think- if I have gone for a run or I have not showered, he is more than happy. Like he, he even prefers it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I just, Fair I can't, I can't deal with that. Fair I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I get it's that. Though. That's legit. Yeah. That's okay. If you want to run to the shower and so you can feel comfortable. I'll yeah, have a meet you there. I mean, it would be nice to feel. I mean, just I'm all for the flag, rewilding. I'm, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure your husband would love to meet you in the shower, Jessica. Like you just did. Well, he came in because we were doing some construction downstairs. We came in to use the bathroom while I was in the shower and I peeked up over the door and I said, are you coming in? And he kind of, he just about dropped to the floor. He's like, what? Mm. And it was midnight. The kids were asleep and we'd been up late. And, and so he did. And it was great. Yeah, and this I is think good. So ladies who are struggling, amazing. mix it up. Yeah. Be open to and mix it up. Have the conversation. You don't even need us. And I think little bit <laughs> like by little bit, like these little invitations to show you, look, I'm open, but this is how I would like to like slow it right down, like play with it. I would love to have like a sexual experience with you where we, it doesn't lead to penetration or it doesn't involve oral sex and just put these little parameters around it and then just play in that sphere and see what happens um and or like yeah. I would love to pleasure you and you not pleasure me or vice versa and really just keep it light like this is it's like um you know it's like a it's like dance right it's not a choreographed dance it's it's seeing what is optimal between you two in the moment and letting that emerge and i think that's where a lot of us go wrong as we have this expectation that a plus b equals c and tab a inserts into tab b and then we do this it's like what is optimal in that moment and letting it continually emerge and then, rather than you know leela tell her about um climaxing too because we talk about this a lot and, and about yeah. how sex is is uh, the way that a lot of people think about it is about climaxing as the end goal yeah I mean I think um I think when we can approach sex when it's not goal orientated like the better it's going to be because we're not like just like driving our partner towards a certain point there's more room for play and like curiosity and and climax i feel is just one experience that we can experience uh, that we can have there's a whole plethora of orgasmic experiences that are outside of that slim definition of of like peak climax where you kind of go over like i i really feel that there are i've said it before but there's a there's probably as many different types of female orgasm are there are women having them like it's your unique experience and that we're trying and to go towards essentially like how a man ejaculates like we just like takes the pressure off and it really yeah it really takes the pressure off and it becomes more play i I think it keeps you present also and like what, what, what i take away from this is also the just the importance of the willingness to change with your partner to evolve to change like I think it's totally okay as a woman to want something different and hopefully you can find the right words to express that and he'll respond I want it different every single time (laughs) 
Every time. Like, my partner has That's a challenge. That's why you're challenge. our hero, Lila. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're our <laughs> challenge. There can be no default. I don't want to know what is coming next. I, don't, I just want it to be emergent. So that means whatever is present in the moment for that to emerge. And it can look a plethora of different ways. Mm, Jessica, you know. thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing that because you are totally not alone. And it's so important for all women to feel free and to feel comfortable and, you know, to accept where they are and then to find a way to to create some movement to get what they need. And keep us updated. Yeah. Get yeah. back in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And I really appreciate the time, too, totally. because it's really it's always always a very interesting subject it can go many many ways yeah. so and it's such a gift to all the women out there listening as well hearing your story mm-hmm. so thank yeah. you thank so you. much for having thank the courage you, thank you great okay thank you so right, much stay in touch okay. with us bye jessica thank you okay all we right. will bye, bye for now bye i'm elia connie and this is family therapy my best hopes I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest 
to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Giannina from Love in Sight, a new iHeartRadio podcast all about the TV show Love is Blind. Are you addicted to Love is Blind? We are here to satisfy all your love is blind cravings. And if you haven't watched yet, join us everywhere you listen to podcasts for everything you need to know. Do you want to find out how Damien and I got back together? Yep, I'm the girl that got left at the altar. The Love is Blind cast will join us telling us things they have never revealed. And you get all the behind the scenes, all the details, all the never seen footage, and the ultimate question. Can an experiment like this actually work? Is love truly blind? And iHeartRadio is bringing you every little nugget, Love Insight, available now everywhere you listen to podcasts. Wow, like Megan, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me and we're like, gosh, 20 years in, like what happens five years in, 10 years in, 15 years in? Like we hear about this so much as, you know, they roll through the waves and the, the seasons of marriage, like the decades of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And why do we think it's going to remain a constant? I don't know what is, you know, it all affects us though so much. I really thought she was, her babies were like two months old. (laughs) But you know what you just said? Why do we think it should remain a constant? It goes back to our opening dialogue about certainty. People Mm -hmm. are comfortable with what is certain and they Mm -hmm. expect a relationship to be a cookie cutter and to remain the same. And God forbid if we don't grow and evolve and experiment. And what I was thinking about when I was listening to you, guide her was the resistance to experimenting yeah with something different than what is familiar and experimenting exactly. and that is intimacy. why we get bored oh, and that's yeah. why people want novelty and multiple partners it's because we get bored mm-hmm. but if you are able to be authentic with what is what is real for you in the moment I don't think you could ever get bored with a partner because it's going to be different every time you're going to see all these different facets and it's it's going to be multifaceted Mm -hmm. and so yeah the more that you can just bring that like and like release the judgment of, of yourself for what that means and 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 just be with what really is I think I feel wow. like I feel like that's, Jessica's going through a period of self discovery, and, yeah. and she's she's waking I mean. up it's, to it's a maturation process, right, and she's yes, right you did, there, you said, and you yes. can see you can see how she's like the journey she's that through she's it. going through, mm-hmm. and she's really at that point now as her children are older mm-hmm. um, and more independent. That she's like, okay, well, what about me? What do I want? And you part know? of her healing with the resentment, which um, I think we could all validate that might work that she needs to do on her own that has very little to do with her partner mm-hmm. she did it she invited him into the shower i mean yeah. she did it on her own yeah i think we end on a positive note <laughs> yes. Woo. shower sex that's always a great shower sex. note go ahead and shower sex. you know what oil oil is really good in shower sex like if you're worried about okay you know, oh. slip thanks leela you know, water doesn't usually, especially with penetration, it's just a bit. Um, I know. Add, add oil. Add okay. oil. But don't get it on your feet. <laughs> don't slip. Oh, or maybe do. Stay, stay safe, folks. Stay safe. Have a sexy week, everyone. Talk to you next time. Bye. Oh, I need a cocktail. Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.